Welcome to Maidens of Metal and Mayhem, where we talk all things metal, horror with a dash of mayhem. hosts i'm mj and i'm sam this episode we wanted to talk about kind of like our intro and um, interest in horror movies since last episode we talked all about metal and music so i guess first thing let's start off with mj where did you get into horror movies like what about horror movies interests you and where did you get your intro to them so again i was um very young when i started watching horror movies uh but you know, back in the 80s, you were young when you were watching these movies. Parents weren't, um, they didn't care as much. So I was probably about five when I saw like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was scared. But I just remember feeling that I enjoyed being scared. So I, you know, I started with you know, slasher movies, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Black Christmas, uh, Halloween. And like the 80s were such a phenomenal time for horror. If you can think it, they made a movie out of it. Okay. So I would say I really, really started getting into it when I was a teenager Starting off with like Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Crow, Highlander, which is sci-fi horror. And then I would say, I think it was 1996 when Blair Witch came out. And it blew me away because not only was like, we go, you're going to the theater, you're thinking this is real. They have this website that, you know, has has the missing it looks legit and when i went to go see that movie i thought it was legit the the advertisement for that movie was just phenomenal oh yeah it was like straight guerrilla marketing at its finest oh yeah so i'm like 16 years old i'm going to the theater thinking this movie's for real and like it scared the crap out of me and then me and my friends we went camping after that stupid but we did and then Scream came about, um, The Craft, The Craft. I just remember me and my friends walking out of the theater going, we're going to be Wiccans now. I would say three out of the four of us did not end up being Wiccans. One did, but <laughs> it was still Wiccan. But The Craft, Scream, one, two, three, they just, they set a tone where I was like, these are really good and they scare me. I love it. It's relaxing because it's taking me out of my own little world and putting me into another little world. For me, those are the movies that kind of got me into the genre of horror. And I have been a fan ever since. What about you, Sam? So I also started pretty young. Um, definitely my intro was like, Tim Burton movies because I was born in like the late 90s so I think 
if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure I saw Nightmare Before Christmas, like, once it came out in, like, VHS tape. My mom got it for me because, you know, it's a Disney movie. It'll be fine. So I watched it at, like, the age of three. <laughs> I loved it. I was terrified. Absolutely terrified of it. But I also it was one of my favorite movies, like, up through childhood. I would watch it religiously, like, every year in the fall, like, multiple times. So, like, Tim Burton movies in general, so, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, I mean, um, Corpse Bride when it came out, I was a huge fan of, um, Beetlejuice, even, like, Sweeney Todd, Sleepy Hollow, Nine, like, all of those. I mean, I'm also a huge fan of his Batman movies. They're probably my favorite Batmans. Because <laughs> Danny DeVito as the Penguin is just peak everything <laughs> that I need in my life. And it's horrifying. Yeah, it's got that, like, twisted, creepy, like, solemn look to it that is his aesthetic. And it's definitely an aesthetic that I've always appreciated. And I always, whenever he has a new movie coming out, I always try to watch it because those were the first ones that kind of got me into, like, the more dark, scary movies, even when I was younger. And then I think, like, the first proper real horror movie that I, like, remember watching and genuinely enjoying was probably, like, the first Scream movie. I think I watched it in, like, high school. It was, like... I think the first real horror movie I watched. And then after that, it just was downhill from there. I just couldn't stop. It, it really is. Once once you get into horror movies, it's you just keep going. Like I'm uh, sitting there on Shudder even to this day at the, at the age of 40. And I'm like, ooh, what's this movie? And I'll watch it. And it could be good. It could be terrible. I'll still watch it because there's so many, so many gems. There's so like... So many good uh, horror movies. I would say a lot of good horror movies from like the 70s and 80s. I really enjoy. I love Italian horror movies like Dario Argento. I love the aesthetic. I love I like Suspiria. The, the whole look of the film is beautiful from start to If you were just to put it on pause and you were just to watch the aesthetic of the film. It's just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous film. And um, uh, so I do, I like a lot of Italian horror. A lot of, I love slashers. I love ones that just make you think, like heredity. Yeah, yeah, like existential. Yeah, those are the ones that like, you walk out of the theater and you're like, what the hell did I just watch? I love those. What would you say is the movie that scared you the most? I don't know. I mean, I think one that I'm thinking of recently that like I left the theater just being like, what did I just watch? And I had to like rewatch and like really think about it was um, we went to see Midsummer when it came out. Because that movie has layers and it just like I left the theater being like, wow, that was a really like feminist movie. And then I started really thinking about it. I was like, no, it wasn't. I'm just dumb, and I would have fallen for the same cult tactics that the main character fell for. Yeah, it was, I mean, all the, like, Heredity, Midsummer, um The A24 movies. Yeah, they're, they are, they're beautiful, but they, they are, like, what the hell did I just watch? I, when I watched Midsummer, it was like, okay, the, the director is like, this is a breakup movie. And to me, it's so much more than that. Oh, it is. And that's the point for sure for that one is it's less about the breakup. The breakup is part of it, but it's more about how would you 
would you be susceptible to falling for a cult, a white supremacist cult? That's really what it is. You're sympathetic to Danny, the main character, and I've found, like, through, like, reading people's responses and, like, write-ups on the movie that women tended to be the ones that kind of, like, felt sympathy for her, and by the end of the movie, you're just like, yeah, girl, power. She got him in the end, and then it just proves that you fell for it, too. You fell for everything that this cult was doing to her, and it's more of, like, I think, like, a tale of caution to be like, be careful when dealing with things like this, because it's really easy to sympathize with people and let that empathy get you in a bad spot. Yeah, I I agree 100%. Although, for me, I did feel sympathy for his character because I don't think that he was necessarily a terrible person. I think he was stuck in a situation he couldn't get out of. You know, because she's going through so much, but he doesn't want to be in a relationship with her, but he feels stuck. So I kind of felt bad for both of them, and I feel like they both got sucked into... Uh, this cult and he was kind of the perfect victim for this cult um for me the movie most recent movie that has just scared me and I don't know like I don't know why because I could watch a lot a lot like it doesn't there's a lot I can watch and it doesn't bother me but sinister I when I watched that movie like I can if I go to watch that movie now it still gives me the creeps I know what's gonna happen I think it's the um the sound that they use I think it's the way it's filmed it's I think it's just it's it's creepy it's just creepy it it bothers me (laughs) I I will go to watch it because it it does creep me out but that one bothers that one bothers me and I'll still watch it. But um, another one that kind of got me was, um, this is so silly. The, the silliest ones are the ones that get me, um, The Ring. So. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, just aesthetics alone, Samara is very creepy. But so I remember watching it and I had it on VHS tape. And um, my husband, um, who was my boyfriend at the time, we watched it. And I was like, okay, that was that was interesting. Um, but then I watched the, like, because I fast forwarded it because I saw that there was something more there. And it was like the whole video of its entirety. And I'm like, wow, this is really creepy. And then I um, stopped the video and then... Not even a second later, the phone rang. Amazing. And there's nobody that answered. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die in seven days. I'm. It, this is no way. And I was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> my my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he, we were long distance. And I would call him every day. And I'm like, I only have three more days. And he was like, you're fine. You're fine. So that's why that creeped me out because, I mean, it rang and nobody answered. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, and that I was I was much younger then, too. So it just it got me. It got me good. It was a week that I was terrified. And then on the seventh day, it didn't happen. I was like, all right, I'll watch this movie again. 
<laughs> if it was that impactful, I gotta watch it again. <laughs> but I would say that my, I don't know about you, but my tolerance has built up through the years. So there's more, there's more that I can take. The only thing that I don't like is torture. I, I tend to stay away from that, like hostile. I don't like um, Last House on the Left, even though I watched it. Like Human Centipede, like those? Uh, no, I think those are more, Human Centipede's like funny. Teeth is funny. Oh, Teeth is really funny. <laughs> teeth is hysterical. I love Teeth. <laughs> but, you know, because you're just, you're rooting for that girl the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I'm not a fan of like gore for gore's sake, like just buckets of blood for no reason. Like if it has something to do with the story and it progresses the story and it like really helps with the overall feeling of the movie, I'm here for it. But I just don't like when it's just obsessive like torture or gore or that stuff for no reason. It doesn't really progress the plot or make sense. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, in that there was like a string of movies and they were all by different directors and they were like in the eighties and it was like, like rape horror. And I was like, what, what, why, why? And it was more so at a particular time. They all came out. I swear like the same year, but um, I'm like, why, why is this happening? So I don't particularly care for those either, but I love, I love, I love horror movies. I watch them just about every day. I will go to, I will put on a horror movie and go and fall asleep. I'm obsessed, I think. Very possible. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and a a lot of like people who I do come across when they find out that I love horror movies and how much I watch them, they're like, really? You know, but you're so cute and sweet. And I'm like, yeah, but that's what keeps me sane. That's what keeps me cute and sweet. (laughs) you know so um i just i don't know i find them relaxing because it's not my life yeah and it's it kind of like it puts you in a place that you would probably never be in and just gives you like that kind of like cathartic release of like feeling like the fear the tension you know the build-up just kind of getting through it all i think is what i really like about it horror movies tend to give you a lot of feelings and emotions throughout them where i feel like a lot of other genres of movies and like shows don't as much And just being able to, like, in a safe way, in a safe place, kind of feel those emotions and feelings and kind of go through that. Again, in, like, a safe, like, fake environment is what I really enjoy about it. The fact that a movie can make you, like, actually afraid in real life, even though nothing's happening to you, I think is just, like, such a powerful and interesting thing. It it really is. And, you know, for me, the other thing that I love about horror movies is the community. I really love the fact that in the horror movie genre, there are so many women heroes. Um, You know, with a slasher movie, there's always that final girl that is smart and tough and really is the one that is the last survivor. And it's usually, it's usually a woman. And I find that very powerful as a woman to see another woman go through something and come out of it alive and thriving. And with the community itself, I find that the community really appreciates women 
I have been around the community at conventions. They they just have um, such a respect for women where I feel safe um, being around this large group of people. And, you know, uh, another thing about the community is that I have stood in line with people waiting to get signatures or photographs from an actor or actress. And I've made some of the bestest friends that I still talk to. And I, I love it. I have, there's some of my best friends and it's just a great community. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you. I think what I really like about horror in general is I think it really um, was one of the first genres to kind of take on having a lot of like female main characters with like the final girls and everything. And just, I mean, even some of the early ones, like an alien, amazing like character development written characters um and just throughout I think it's just a lot more interesting to watch especially as a woman seeing other women being able to like make it and be the final girl and stuff like that whereas I feel like in other genres that's less it's less popular it's not as um readily available it's harder to find those like more well-rounded female characters whereas in horror it's pretty plentiful I I completely agree like you know, you have like your, I do love a good romantic comedy, you know, but what I truly find horrifying is a movie about a pair of traveling pants that fit every girl. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like that to me is horrifying. Like why would these pair of pants fit every single girl and what? There's no explanation to it. But anyways, just magic of friendship. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I just like, but with a, with, in a horror movie, a woman may not be particularly strong, like, um, like Jamie Lee Curtis in all her, um, like Halloween, Halloween two, but she's smart and she's, she's trying to protect the kid, those kids. And she's, she's doing whatever it takes to survive that to me really shows how powerful women are when you're a young girl you need to you need to see that you need to see strong powerful females survive and you know uh texas chainsaw massacre there's a final girl there um nightmare on elm street multiple final girls if you've seen the entire series i mean silence of the lambs like yeah the things Clarice has to go through to get to the end and survive is just insane. Yes, and the mental manipulation that she has to go through from Hannibal Lecter is, it's in, it's insane. It's mentally torturous, really. I And I love that character because she, she is one of the ultimate final girls in my personal opinion because that could happen in real life. So I just, I think it, they're very powerful. And I even like corny horror movies like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I mean, they're just fun. Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, a good dark comedy is by far some of my favorites. Like, I mean, like the movie What We Do in the Shadows. Like, it's a goofy, spooky mockumentary, but the show is really fun. The movie's really fun. It's just like a great way to still be like spooky, but not you know, blood and guts everywhere. Just a lot of blood spray and vampires. And like Heathers. Heathers is like a, a dark comedy. And 
there's so many iconic lines from Heather's. It's just, it's such a good movie. And the fact that she's, you know, going through all, all this high school bullshit and adding murder onto it. It's just, it's, it's just fantastic. Even like The Lost Boys, which in my personal opinion, The Lost Boys, Interview with a Vampire, those are real vampires, okay? They're scary, they're cool, they don't glitter in the sunlight. They follow, in my personal opinion, the proper vampire rules. Yeah, and I really like with specifically like The Lost Boys, it's, I would say, definitely a horror movie because you're dealing with like vampires and like, it is a scary movie towards the end when you're getting to like the main climax of the movie, but... It does such a great job of keeping that like on the down low. Like that's not the first thing. It's just the aesthetics of it, the soundtrack. Like it's every time I watch it, I'm always having a fun time. It's always such a fun movie to watch, even though I know exactly what's going to happen. And I can probably quote half the movie at this point. Yeah, the soundtrack is fantastic. The Crow soundtrack, another fantastic soundtrack. That is a beautiful movie start to finish. Brandon Lee is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's it's really sad that um, that he died during that movie, um, but he gave us a great piece of art, and it's it's just a beautiful film, beautiful soundtrack. I know you and I are huge fans of The Crow. Oh yeah, it's absolutely one of my top five movies, one of my absolute favorites because it's. The soundtrack is amazing. The aesthetics and how it was filmed are beautiful. The story itself is really interesting. And overall, I just, it's a fun movie to watch. It's honestly become kind of one of my comfort movies. Like if I'm ever feeling like off or I just need something to do, like I'm just watching The Crow. It's just, it's like you said, it's a beautiful piece of art and it just all fits together so well. And it's like this, almost this perfect little 90s time capsule. Yes. And it, and it's a love story too. It's this beautiful love story and love is forever is, is basically um, what the movie is trying to tell us is that everything that they, the two of them go through, they end up together in the end and it's, it's just beautiful. So to me, I also find that to be a romantic movie because it, it is, it's about love. It's about how much he loves her and he's going to kill everybody that hurt her and it's 100% justified and I love every death scene it's amazing it's like yeah you deserve it oh and every death is like poetic it's beautiful it is you know uh the lines from the movie are awesome my favorite line from the movie is where he meets up with Sarah's mother and she had just got done shooting up heroin and he said, mother is the name of God in the hearts of all children. I just, I, that's just to me is an amazing line. And the, like, you could tell like the actress's realization of what he's saying and how she turns it around. It's just, to me, that's just a beautiful scene and a beautiful quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do like a whole episode just talking about The Crow because there's so much we could talk about with like, the movie, the soundtrack, the subsequent other movies, um, all the attempts to reboot, and of course, like the comics and everything. So that's like, that could be a whole other, we could talk about it for hours. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole episode in itself. 
Yeah. <laughs> which I think we are planning. So that's the that's a great movie. Um I just I I love I, I just love it. I love all horror movies. Except for torture. Yeah. I will say too, like I think um like one director that I really love that does horror or like horror adjacent stuff is Guillermo del Toro. I think like I love all of his stuff. Like Crimson Peak is so good. Pan's Labyrinth is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. The way that he kind of just like has layers to all of his stories and like all of the little fairy tale, folk tale stuff that he weaves in throughout are just beautiful. Another one of those movies where you could just pause it on almost any shot and it'd be gorgeous. Yes, completely agree. Be- aesthetically beautiful. And it, it is. It's like a like a fairy tale horror. I would say even Hellboy. Hellboy is definitely more like on the more, I would say like sci-fi, but it's still got some horror elements when you're dealing with, you know, a lot of like the, you know, demons and stuff and like the monsters. And again, like he does such a great job of humanizing characters that maybe couldn't be humanized and just have overall like the overall like production quality of everything i love all of his work i um one of my favorite directors is alfred hitchcock i think his movies are brilliant i think a lot of the movies that we watch now are influenced by those movies um a lot of suspense or and i understand though and i don't know if this is 100 percent true but he I understand that he did put his actresses through hell yeah. to get the best performance out of them. Um, yeah, that's where I kind of sit with Alfred Hitchcock. Like, I'm not going to deny the fact that, yeah, a lot of people are influenced by him. He did a lot of really amazing things with cinema. But it also just, it sucks to watch his movies and know that at least the lead main actress in most of them was being, like, psychologically tortured through the whole process. And that for me at least kind of takes me out of it because i'm just like oh this poor woman is going through horrible things behind the scenes there's another director that was like that stanley kubrick yeah he did the same thing to shelly duvall he tortured her yeah he unfortunately he absolutely ruined that poor woman she was never the same after the shining yeah, I he just he was mean to her and it was on it was done on purpose because he wanted to get a certain um a layer of acting out of her. So, you know, I I think a lot of the horror directors they do expect a lot out of their lead characters. But yeah, I I do like Alfred Hitchcock. Uh I think he's brilliant, but I I do know that he did torture his lead actresses. Uh, in particular, Tippi Hedren. I, so I do. I like him as a director. Um, Wes Craven, fantastic. You got the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and then you have Scream. Of course, other of a lot of other movies, and then John Carpenter with the Halloween. I so I went when I was at a convention. We were talking to. He was there, um, and his ex-wife. She was in a lot of his movies. Well, she stated that he was terrified of, like, the littlest things. She stated that a mouse was in the house, and he was, like, completely petrified. (laughs) And here he is. Here he is creating, like, the most prolific horror movies that we have seen, right? So it's it's interesting, um, especially at the conventions, if you can get... 
Um, if you have access to Q&As, do it because you will learn so much about the director and um, really kind of uh, get where they're coming from and why they created the movies. It's just uh, phenomenal. Like John Carpenter, apparently, and I don't know if this is how true this is, but Haddonfield was actually based, um, the name and the looks of it was taken from Haddonfield, New Jersey, which is very close to me. And personally, I can see it in the houses and the looks because it's, especially like in Halloween, it's, it's a beautiful, creepy little town. But they went with... Illinois and I love that they had like these bags of leaves and it was all the leaves the studios would give them and they would have to go back and pick up each and every single leaf when they were done and then throw them back out again because it's all they had they would they couldn't afford anything more (laughs) so I love that I think that's great and with, with Blair Witch Project that was also a um uh, low uh, uh, budget film and what they did with that and what they put those three kids through I mean they had little notes they had no idea what was going on and was such a low budget film they created something absolutely amazing and terrifying Knowing the fact that, like, the main actors in the movie thought this was real the whole time they were filming until, like, you know, they're taken and, like, offset and, like, done for the movie is just insane. Like, I don't think you could get away with that now, probably, but it definitely resonates with, like, what the final product is. Like, you can see the fear in their faces and it's mostly not acting and that's insane. Yeah, and the the, the emotions, the crying, that was all real because they did not know what they were getting into and I believe Heather Donahue thought oh shit am I in a snuff film <laughs> because- <laughs> I'd imagine like with the things she went through in the movie thinking this is just like some student documentary thing that she's signed up for and then all like people start disappearing from camp like all of the crazy like you know, figures are showing up, like things are being moved and like the sounds at night. I could only imagine. Yeah. I definitely am glad that I was not the actor or actress in that film because I don't think I would have gotten through it like they did. Uh, I think I just would have sat there and cried the whole time. Oh, same. (laughs) (laughs) Same. But yeah, just just phenomenal um, what, what some of these creators made on low budgets to completely terrify you. I think my favorite like budget horror movie definitely has to be the original Evil Dead. Like knowing that that movie was made on such a low budget. Insane. Like the amount of practical effects and the amount of crazy things that they were able to get away with with such a small budget and such a short amount of like filming time still astounds me. Like I those are all of the Evil Dead movies are some of my favorites and I still rewatch them all the time because they're just so well done and they're so fun. And I think they do a great job of like towing the line between being like that gory slasher, like, you know, typical like horror movie, but also having the dark comedy mixed in. And I love especially with the first one. And I think the reason it got became such a cult classic is because 
they intended it to be that like gory blood covered slasher movie you know with like everyone being shredded to pieces and you have like just ash surviving and it was so campy with just like the materials they had on hand that it had that air of comedy and then i love that with like the second and the third one they just leaned right into the comedy they like redid the whole movie rebooted it made it that dark goofy comedy with slightly more money and then army of darkness is just so ridiculous and i love it so much it is i love uh it's like it's just pillow talk baby i love that (laughs) i just love how they made ash like the super goofy stereotypical like action hero with all of his dorky like catchphrases i i love it i don't know if you've seen um ash versus the evil dead like the show yes i love it oh it's so good it's so fun it captures that same like fun feeling of the movies but just like in the short form of a show i the only one i was not a fan of was the remake the newest one yeah um i just felt and i feel a this way with a lot of the like remakes like Nightmare on Elm Street the Halloween with Rob Zombie and the newer Evil Dead is that they there's too much of a backstory that they were trying to go like they were going for like a more serious darker feel and for me what makes Michael Myers great is that you don't know why He's a killer. He's just evil. And to try to put a backstory to it, kind of, it was just too much for me. I don't really need a backstory. I think it's more scary not to have one. Same with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. They, it was just too serious. Like they had too much of a backstory. I don't really need that much of a backstory with Freddy Krueger. He's a child killer. You know, and with the Evil Dead, the remake, again, too much backstory. Like it it had the campiness, but, you know, she was there because she was a drug addict. And I don't know. Why not just put a bunch of kids there and they're just going hunt. They're going camping for no reason. And, you know, I, I just felt like they put too much into it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, definitely the original ones were more simple. It was like, oh, a bunch of friends found this cabin. They're going to stay for the weekend. And then with the second one, it's like, oh, it's a romantic weekend out in the woods. And then it all goes south. With like the new newest one, like the third remake of the base plot line, essentially. Definitely was like a slightly more complicated plot. For me, I definitely am more of a fan of like the original ones. But I'm going to give credit where it's due for the newest one because I think the latest remake was everything that they originally wanted to do now that they finally had the budget to do it. For me, it was definitely more gore for gore's sake. And that's why like, I'm not a huge fan of it. But I totally respect the fact that that kind of fits what they originally were intending to do with the first, like, first movie at least was... That really scary, super gory, super horrific, like supernatural horror. Where I think like before they obviously didn't have the budget to do that or the ability to do that. So they worked with what they had in their budget. And the latest one, I think it was them finally being able to be like, okay, this is everything we've been wanting to do this whole time. Let's finally make it exactly how we wanted it. Yeah, I definitely would say I do have respect for the movies. And the reason 
why and Robert England puts it so well is that um and he he welcomes remakes because when you have a remake all of a sudden you're thinking you know oh yeah this was a movie back in the day and it brings like a whole new uh generation to those older movies that is why i have respect for remakes and if you think about it even like the movies from the 80s were remakes from like black and white movies so you know movies are going to be remade we don't have to like them but i do respect them um because i really do think that it it opens up the older movies to a newer audience and i appreciate that yeah and i mean in my opinion i think depending on the movie having that like extra background sometimes can be helpful so for instance like i always think of like the carrie movies like the original and then the remake the original just in and of itself the story is really great like i think the acting is amazing it tells you everything you need to know and it's really engaging and interesting to watch but there's not a lot of like actual backstory or like main plot you know it's Carrie getting um, bullied she ends up you know figuring out that you know she has these telekinetic powers and it's just watching this poor girl get pushed to the point where you end up where you end at the end of the movie where she's going crazy and killing everybody and the remake I think gives you a little bit more of that extra backstory so that you really can like empathize with her and it gives you more of like the world building that I think the first one lacked still really great movies I just think they're great for different reasons well, I believe Stephen King prefers the uh, remake over the original. Although I'm a huge fan of the original. I mean, it's got a jump scare that is just amazing. You're not, you're really not expecting it. But uh, a lot of, uh, from my understanding, and I could be completely wrong, um, that a lot of those movies Stephen King did not like because they weren't as close to the book. But I get it because, I mean, Stephen, so Stephen King could be a whole nother episode, in my personal opinion, because his world is so complex that it's hard to put into a movie form, in particular with the It movies. In the books, there's a gigantic turtle named Mantran that helps the kids defeat It. And... That's hard to put into a movie and to explain why there's this huge friggin' turtle that's helping them because it's this this is whole universe of Stephen King. And so a lot of his material I think is is harder to adapt to movie form. I I do love the it miniseries and I love the it the remakes of the it movies. I think they're phenomenal. I think they the kid actors are fantastic. And there are, if you do rewatch the movie, there are little hints of the big giant turtle named Mantarin. Um, he's he's in there. He's in there. He's just like a little figurine. Yeah, because it's definitely. I think for both movies, like the um, original miniseries and then the, like the like reboots, that would just have been such a hurdle to try to get incorporated in and like produce and add in that. It makes more sense to just kind of like mention it coyly rather than try to make it a big part. Because, again, the original source material they're working with is massive. Like the it book is a brick. There's so much to go over that 
to not to like give it its proper due and not make it this really long form confusing thing it makes more sense to like cut out pieces and have like the main plot rather than a lot of the subplot and i think i think that's what they were trying to do in the original carrie movie because it's it's a massive book well it's not as massive as the stand or it but there's there's a lot there's a lot to it carrie herself is not as beautiful as sissy spacek or um the girl who is in the new one, I can't think of her name, but she's she's beautiful, right? Well, in the Carrie book, she's very homely and overweight and she's got zits. And um, so, you know, a lot. I think a lot of these directors take these characters and they beautify them. Oh, definitely. And I, I get it, but... I think that's just, I think that's the name of the game for just like, Hollywood and making movies in general is that tends to be the case. Yeah, they make they make Carrie beautiful. And the whole point in the book is that she's not. And that's, you know, she's not only picked on because of the way she looks, but she's picked on because, you know, she dresses weird. Her mother's weird, uh, you know, and there's just all these reasons why she's picked on. So uh, but yeah, they they do tend to beautify Carrie. There was an in-between with Carrie the Rage. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I have not. I would watch it because it goes into like Carrie's father. Okay. And him having another child with the same superpowers. And that's that's another thing with Stephen King is I find that um, he kind of does have superhero characters that are just effed up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, really messed up X-Men. <laughs> yeah, like, really messed up X-Men, like, terrible life. <laughs> you know, uh, you got the the fire starter. She's basically, like, the Dark Phoenix, really. She's a superhero. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Stephen King could be a whole episode in itself because it's just massive. Massive amount of material. Yeah, there's a lot of content. Definitely a lot of content. But, you know, as far as going back to slasher movies, it is my opinion that Black Christmas is the original slasher movie. And I love it. I just love it. The The things that the guy says on the telephone not only creep me out, but they make me giggle because they're just so lewd. Also, just looking at it, we are getting close to our wrap-up time. It is time to wrap up, ladies and gentlemen. We do hope that you enjoy this episode. Please like us on the various platforms that we will give out to you. Your support is greatly appreciated we want to continue the show we want to hear from you we want to if you have questions or recommendations let us know we are coming up with our own list of horror movies that we recommend from the uh first to november first that we are going to put out there we don't need you to agree with our list but we just put it out there of what we what we would be watching so you know, please uh, keep watching. We love you all. We appreciate your support. Thanks, everyone. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Two weeks, guys.